0: Three. Nine minutes to nine now. It's Money Talk uh, with James Ross. And uh, time to take a view looking back on 2023. And I'm very pleased to uh, welcome to the show Olivier Dacier, who is head of applied research APAC at Contigo. Uh, good morning, Olivier.
1: Good morning, James. How are you?
0: I'm all right, thanks. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. And, uh, you know, yes, let's have a look back at the year. And I suppose um, quite a few things have happened, but uh, tech and AI have been uh, a big part of what's been going on and what's driven some of the markets this year. Uh, What are your thoughts on that area? So I think
1: definitely tech and AI uh, uh, were... One of the biggest reasons why the year was not as bad as we expected it to be when we at the same time in, in 2022, right? Everybody was worried about interest rates. Everybody was forecasting a recession, uh, even a hard landing. So none of that happened. And, and it's in due, it's due in large parts to the, the, the tech boom. But the AI uh, uh, somewhat hype, uh, obviously. This is something that's very new. Uh, people don't really know or understand it very well. It's just a tool, and there's still a lot to be done uh, in, in terms of turning that tool into something like a solution for for some of the problems that we have. So what we did, what we saw this year was investors um, betting on the infrastructure around AI, the enablers of AI uh, as a solution down the road. But we also saw the dark side of of that in, in terms of key man risk, right? We had a few stories about key people in that world uh, that, that kind of threw it up and down,
0: right? Are there any particular uh, AI companies uh, that you feel, you know, are uh, good for investment or, you know, growing or might be uh, something to look out for in the next year or so?
1: I think the best, especially for long-term investors, at this point, is still to bet on the infrastructure that will enable AI. So, so really, the 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 the, the broad AI companies that will license this technology to others who will build upon it. Who will, uh, because it all depends on the training models that you use with AI. You want to solve a particular problem, you need to train the AI on that particular problem. So, those things will come up as a second wave. Uh, probably in the next few years, as we see uh, scientists start to develop training models specific to certain problems, but we haven't yet seen the, the, the promise of, of, of AI. So we're still better off betting on the infrastructure, betting on technology companies that own some of these patents, uh, that will be uh, enablers for for future developments.
0: And what about the the wider tech sector, uh, Olivia? You know, we've uh, heard that uh, Apple is still up there. I think its uh, market cap's about 3.1 trillion at the moment. Uh, you know, the other six of the big seven are, uh, are going great guns. Is that an area to be focused on or are there other parts of the tech economy we should be looking at?
1: So I think a large part of the uh, of the popularity of the the magnificent sevens, as you as you said, was is based on the fact that. Investors were a little bit scared this year, what to do, right? So uh, interest rates were very high. We talked about higher for longer. We talked about potential for recession, hard lending, and so on and so forth. So everybody congregated around the same kinds of safe stocks. These companies have good earnings. They have a broad, well-diversified revenue base. They have strong balance sheets. So they're not affected really by by the interest rates uh, hike. So that's where everybody congregated. You also have to put in uh, uh, that into context where – uh, the hike in interest rates means that a lot of money left the equity as a class and went into fixed interest in the last 18 months. We saw volumes decline to well below uh, regular trends. So we know that um, this was a narrow market uh, with people uh, very scared to make any kind of economic forecast uh, with the uncertainty we had. So they congregated around the safe bits. Uh, and that's probably part of the hype. And valuations there are now very, very high.
0: But do you think they're going to take some more risks uh, going forward?
1: Uh, but those companies definitely will will, will will try to keep their dominance going. They have the cash flows to acquire technology. So anyone who's uh, innovative will probably find a, a, an easy exit uh, down the road via one of these players. So I would always keep them as part of the portfolio, but they're probably uh, uh, overdue for, for some profit taken now.
0: Uh, aside from tech, uh, other segments, other areas, other sectors rather that um, you might be looking at?
1: Yeah, I think you know with with some of the key worries that we had, like inflation is on the way down, interest rates have peaked and they're on the way down. The economy is not going to have a hard landing; it's going to have a soft landing. At least that's the consensus right now. So no recession. So I think. The- that's right. So the path less traveled might be the best way for, 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 next year to, to spread out, uh, to, to, to companies that maybe had a slightly weaker balance sheet and we were worried about them or investors were worried about them, uh, this year. They won't be so worried next year when interest rates come down. I think credit is still going to look good. I think high yields are going to still outperform, uh, uh high rated bonds. And, and we're going to see a broader market. We're going to see people spread out where, um, on, on sectors they avoided this year so airlines and utilities might have a, a good time with with oil prices coming down so fast uh, things like that i think that there's going to be a lot more um, you know uh, dispersion across the, the the sectors and the markets than we've seen in 2023
0: so investors looking to take a little bit more risk is what you're saying
1: Yes, yes. Risk is definitely going to be part of the big picture, right? So positive correlation between uh, equities and bonds is still there, equities and credits, equities and and currencies, if you're a US dollar prospect uh, uh, investor. So I think you're going to have to be willing to accept a little more risk and a little more volatility in 2024, but you're going to get rewarded for it. So that should be okay.
0: What about China? Uh, you know, are you seeing opportunities uh, across the moment?
1: I think China is still a a, a downgrade or an underweight for us because, okay, you have this huge uh, fiscal problem within the high yield property sector, and you also have this deglobalization trend where supply chains are trying to reroute themselves away from China temporarily, or maybe forever. You have uh, fixed direct investment from foreign companies in China that has turned negative for the first time on record. Uh, and you have a uh, uh, US presidential election next year where the US China relationship is sure to be a collateral damage again. So I would still stay on the way China for now.
0: So, just in uh, final closing seconds positive or negative for 2024?
1: Positive, definitely. <laughs>
0: Very good. Olivia Dessier is uh, Head of Applied Research, APAC at Contigo. Olivia, thank you very much for joining us this morning with a view back on 2023 and a view forward to 2024.